0: He's involved in a number of businesses.
1: He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
2: This is John Katsimatidis. It's 5 o'clock. And all I can say, T-G-I-F. Thank God it's Friday. And it's been a long week. And I'm looking forward for the weekend. But I'm working all weekend. This weekend is Greek Independence Day. Uh, and, uh, the fact is I'm helping run the parade, uh, on, uh, on Sunday and I look forward to it and, and it's supposedly going to be a beautiful day and, uh, and, uh, WABC is going to be, uh, broadcasting it on Radio TV, or you go to uh, com and you hit the TV channel. Uh, I think it's between one 30 and three 30 and, uh. It's a great case for parade, uh, John. In, do you in have the a studio, float? we got a float. Well, we got a F- WABC float, and I may go jump on top of it. You never know. Uh, we have Judge uh, Richard Weinberg. We got Governor David Patterson, and we have no Republicans in here today. It's
3: Friday; they're scared off,
2: John. And Friday, they left for the Hamptons already. <laughs> Governor Patterson, welcome, and
0: and Lydia, my sidekick. Who, I, I haven't felt any kicks lately. you'll get you'll get kicked soon on Monday, but we got a great show. Even though it's Friday, we don't take a moment off trying to save the world. So we will be speaking to Miranda Devine. Of course, she has a lot to say about Hunter Biden. His ex-wife came out with a book with some, wow, some incredible details there. We'll be speaking with NYPD Deputy Commissioner John Miller about the latest crime stats. Larry Kudlow, of course, he needs no introduction. He is the world's leading economist, Michael Goodwin of the New York post, Uh, Rob Astorino. He is running for governor of New York and Dr. Peter Mikolos. There's a lot to talk to him about electric car vehicles and possibly a Benjamin button effect that we can reverse people from getting old back to young again. So that's something I'm very interested in. So very good show tonight.
2: Now that's one guy I'm going to hang on for to make sure I don't miss him because uh, I understand it could happen.
0: It could happen. I mean, it's really incredible what they're doing now. Before we, we we're waiting to hear from Miranda Devine and also Deputy Commissioner John Miller. I was just reading a little bit of the Hunter Biden uh, book for that his ex wife wrote. So this is what Miranda'll be talking about. It's really incredible. I mean, he was having an affair with, you know, his brother's uh, his brother's widow, right? And guess who found out about the affair first? his oh. daughters oh his my daughters God. they they read his the cell phone, and she talks about how she found a crack pipe and I mean it was just horrendous, and she said that Hunter portrayed himself to be like a regular guy, but she says regular people don't have ballrooms, you know, in their family home, so she just said that the whole marriage she felt like she was constantly being lied to That's
3: a very sad story, Wow.
0: It It is. It's really sad because a lot of us feel like we're being lied to now by the Biden administration. You had Joe Biden yesterday talking about gun control. Judge Weinberg, talk to us about the latest changes now to the New York gun law. Uh,
3: new York state legislature passed uh, three pieces of legislation. One, uh, you have to be 21 years of age under this new legislation to buy a, an assault rifle. Number two, uh, increasing the powers under the red flag law to turn somebody in and seize their, their weapons. Uh, health healthcare professionals can do that. And it mandates the uh, law enforcement not to decide discretionary whether to take the guns, but they're required to take the guns on good, and, on good information. I mean, these are, these are big steps. And civilians can't buy uh, combat uh, protection, vests or any kind of armament protection. So those are three Look, big I things.
2: Think, it's, I think it's very important to make sure only
3: sane people can can buy guns, regardless. Listen, I've always taken a position, John and, and Governor, that the Second Amendment is a very important amendment, but it is not an absolute right, and you can have reasonable regulation as to time, place, and manner, and that's an important issue. If we're going to have some measure protection. It's not about seizing all the guns. It's having a reasonable regulation. So I'm for that. And what's going to be very interesting, at the end of this month, it will be a Supreme Court decision, United States Supreme Court, dealing with that the issue about the so-called Sullivan Law in, in New York State about the carry permits and the hidden weapons and open carries. It's going to be a very interesting decision. Governor, what do you think about this?
4: I think that the uh, protections that are in the legislation that was passed in the past couple of days – are reasonable. Uh, the New York legislature has gone way beyond its authority. I think at certain points, but I think that's good. I hope the, si- the uh, it'll be signed into law. I never wanted to be someone who thought that no one should have guns. I had I had an incident once. If I could just tell you about it real quickly, and it was that I went to some event in the Hamptons, and this woman walked up to me and she said, "You signed a bill that 14 year olds can get." Uh, gun training under supervision. In other words, they teach the young people how to use the guns. She goes, why would you sign a thing like that? Now kids are going to be walking around with guns. I said, well, most of the kids they were talking about live upstate in upstate New York. It's a different culture. A lot of people own guns. A lot of people live far away from law enforcement in case something goes wrong near their house. So they're just training the children so that when they get to be 18, they're not going to use the guns to go out and kill people any more than they would have if they hadn't had the training. And so there's this, this total antagonism toward gun owners. But at the same time, I think all of us have to understand that with the terrible tragedies that we've witnessed, we may have to make a little sacrifice. You may have to wait a little longer to get your license. But you should get it if you're eligible.
3: And John, well, I rights. couldn't
0: agree with you more, Governor Patterson. My question, though, to Michael Goodwin, or Pulitzer Prize-winning writer for the New York Post, is: while they have raised the age now to get those type of different type of weapons, I, I mean, I, what are they—assault rifles or whatever you want to call them? Are they Does that mean because they're saying their brains are not mature enough, right? So you have to be 21 versus 18. Does that mean they're going to raise the age to vote then to 21? Because I think it's also a very important decision when you cast a vote. So there's a lot of – and then – Well, the state can't do that. Well, and then uh, I know I'm just kind of being a little facetious. But Michael Goodwin, what did you think of uh, the president's speech last night on – I mean, he talked about the mass shootings, but what about the real – you know, as as tragic as those school shootings are, and the Tulsa shooting, and the Buffalo shooting, the real shootings that are affecting everyday Americans are are people of color, are the gang shootings, are the inner city shootings. Why why was that not mentioned whatsoever?
5: Well, because it's inconvenient. Uh, it, it doesn't fit the political narrative. Look, I thought the president uh, made some. Uh, it's obviously heartfelt uh, and passionate last night, what he was saying. But I think he made two mistakes that undercut uh, the moment and and make it more difficult uh, rather than helpful to get something done. The first is uh, he put a laundry list of, of too many things. Uh, it, it was, I mean, there must have been at least eight or nine things in this list of everything from raising the age to the background checks to banning certain kinds of guns, uh, it, it's it, its too much. You, you're going to overload what is obviously a difficult calculation in the Senate. And then the second thing was he just threw a hand grenade into any Republican camp that wants to wants to make some changes when he said he couldn't conceive of why there are more more Republicans (laughs) backing his list. I mean, it just is not he has to know that that's not going to help. So at that point, I begin to wonder, is this really just a campaign ploy? Because he said voters should make this their prime issue in November, which, of course, would be great for him because they wouldn't be talking about inflation or the open borders or anything else. Uh, but I think that, to me, just demolished the, the prospects. And, and I just think it's, he's so ineffective in these moments that it's almost like he's got some kind of impulse that he can't restrain. I mean, this is the president who said he would unite the country, but he has not done a single thing in, what, 17, 18 months that would make that happen. And this was a prime example of where I think progress is there for the taking, but he can't seem to take yes for an answer.
3: Michael, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. If you want to pass the legislation, you're serious. You take one item at a time as a standalone bill. You don't put it together as a package, all tied together, and then you have a chance of getting some of it
4: through. and yes, uh, Michael,
5: because when you put them all in there, you create a poison pill, in effect.
4: And Michael, I think you made a good point. How much more foresighted it would it have been if the president said, "Look, I don't, I am not trying to take the guns away from people who uh, own them, possess them, and know how to use them. What I'm trying to say is." We need you to do us all a favor. We need you to go through perhaps a little more inspection before you get your license to try to save us from the people who turn 18, go to the same gun store three times and buy uh, uh, weapons and ammunition within a few days. And and no one thinks that perhaps somebody should make a phone call to make sure this kid isn't going to go out and kill 19 people like he did.
5: Look, I mean, I, I think that's sensible. I think raising the age uh, is sensible. Uh, the, the problem, though, David, is that the, the, the enforcement uh, of the background checks depends on the information that's put into the files. And, and we have now seen, I mean, the case in Buffalo, that kid, he, a red flag should have come up in his background check. He had had this medical evaluation for mental illness uh, that the police required him to do a day and a half in a hospital for a medic for a mental evaluation that 's a pretty big deal, and yet the police did not enter in, enter in that to the into the gun database. Um, we saw a case uh, several years ago, I believe it was in a place called Sugarland, Texas, uh, where a man who had been discharged uh, from the uh, military for, uh, infractions, uh, that should have been entered in the gun database. It was not, he purchased a gun and shot up a church killing a number of people. So those are the kinds of things that we can pass a lot more laws as Albany has always want to do, but it's the nitty gritty dirt, daily digging in the dirt that produces the results. I mean, governor Hochul said we want to have the police monitor social media. Now, what the heck does that mean? There is so much social media and so many people. How can the police really uh, sufficiently monitor social media uh, to stop this kind of thing? I mean, I, I think this is an impossible task. It's a law for the sake of a law. We have a red flag law. It's rarely enforced. It should have been enforced in Buffalo. Uh, but, but they don't do it and said we'll pass another law. I mean, this is this is the Biden agenda of do something. I just had some breaking news. Do the right thing.
2: I just had some breaking news. This former Trump advisor, Peter Navarro, says, they put me in handcuffs, then they bring me here, then they put me in leg irons. They stick me in a cell. Holy cow. I mean, is that... Extra
3: punishment beyond the call of duty? Where's where? Why is he a threat to anyone? Why is uh, he a physical threat to himself irons, or anyone? Oh my
0: god! They're acting like he's like a a murderer. That guy that was arrested nineteen times and almost killed somebody last week and raped a woman. He he got let out. And meanwhile, look what they're doing to Pete Navarro, Michael Goodwin. What's your reaction to hearing about Peter Navarro and his uh, his arrests? Uh, his indictment. Uh, look, uh, what about his uh, indictment?
5: It 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 seems to be. Part of a pattern from uh, this Justice Department uh, and and law enforcement in general that Republicans are treated one way and Democrats another way. I mean, all you have to do is look at the the, you know, the way that uh, the Project Veritas uh, leader was uh, 6 a.m., you know, frog marched out of his apartment a raid. Look at Rudy Giuliani. They, they basically beat down his door to get his uh, telephones. Uh, Roger Stone. And look, if these people are guilty, then they should pay the piper. But you, you don't hear, uh, was Michael Sussman, uh, was his apartment raided by the FBI? Was I don't he, think
2: was, so. he, was he put in handcuffs and leg irons? Of course not.
4: There's absolutely, absolutely not. No, no reason for that to have happened.
5: But it is but this, a, this, is, this is the kind of thing that I believe is, is dividing this country. You watch you Twitter and other social media tonight. It will blow up with this stuff about Navarro. This is a culture war. And uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, whom I know we all revered, And there's some,
2: other, there's some other breaking news. Representative Chris Jacobs, who was challenged, by, will not run for re-election. And he was challenged by uh, uh, the New York state chairman, uh, uh, Nick Langworthy.
5: Right. Right. Yeah. He's going to apparently have several opponents. I I, I don't know that district well enough to know whether it's a a, probably a safe Republican district or not.
3: Michael, I want to go back to the Navarro thing. One question. This whole thing on contempt of Congress is all based on the Congress saying that Trump did not have executive privilege because Biden waived it. What do you say about that?
5: Well, look, I I think this is this has been laying in wait for for the entire year and a half of uh, the Biden presidency, which is Mm -hmm. how do we keep Trump in the news? How do we make January 6th a campaign issue? And I think for them, this is delicious. As you get closer, you're going to hear more about abortion, more about uh, January 6th and more about guns, because otherwise it's inflation the open border, uh, you know, those sorts of things that the Democrats do not want to run on. They want to run on these things. And so they're going to engineer it however they can.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Michael Goodwin of the New York Post, always with your wisdom and insight and just telling it like it is. Thank you so much, sir.
5: My pleasure. Thank Thank you you. all.
0: Now on the line for us, we have Deputy Commissioner John Miller, the the uh, overall data by the NYPD was released today and the good news is is that it appears crime is trending downward however the perception is among new yorkers that crime is out of control deputy commissioner john miller how do you reconcile the two
6: well it's hard because it takes a it takes a long there's a difference as you point out between um, how safe people are and how safe they feel they are. And the things that make people feel less safe are not really necessarily violent crime. It's the it's the um, confrontational person you will see on the street or in the subway. It's the signs of disorder um, out on the street. And what we're trying to do is attack that on all fronts. So good news is... As we're rounding, um, next week would be the eighth week, but we're rounding seven weeks of steady declines in shootings. Um, that is not an accident. That is the result of of a strategy. Uh, the Bronx was driving shooting statistics for a while. We flooded the Bronx with cops. We um, doubled the number of SRG, the strategic response team members, our flying squad, uh, and and intensified the patrol up there. Uh, we have a couple of very good crime fighter inspectors. One's got the north and the other's got the south. And, you know, they've divided the borough um, and they're really focused. So we are seeing results in reducing violent crime, gun crime. What we're also seeing is a 27, 28 percent increase in regular index crimes. And that's the the larcenies, the car breaks ins um you know i talked to john catsimittis who is um a, a big retail businessman that's the stuff that people are stealing from stores um those are the store owners who interfere with that person and that that larceny becomes a robbery and you know that's where we're fighting the the numbers um but we're we're making really good progress on the gun crime which is important um and our quality of life arrests are are um that activity is um probably somewhere where it hasn't been in 20 years. Our gun arrests are at a 28-year high. So we're firing on all cylinders. But you're right. There's a perception issue as well.
3: Uh, Commissioner, it's uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. I think uh, the department is to be commended, Mayor Adams is to be commended on those numbers. I read, however, and you alluded to just now, there are increases in robberies, grand larcenies, and burglaries. And how are you addressing that?
6: Well, I mean, one of the problems we're facing there, and I'm going to be extraordinarily candid here, because you know we always we always talk plain truth on on, on this show, is these are crimes that are largely not bail eligible now. Um, robbery is an exception there, but. You know, if somebody comes in and steals from the same store every day and walks out and we catch him every day, the judge has no ability to hold them because they know that crime is going to happen again. Same with the car break ins. These are the laws that were changed in Albany. And you've heard the commissioner speak about it. Um, those need to be adjusted again. You've heard the mayor speak about it. They were adjusted, but not enough. Um, and until... You know, the judges have the power to say this person is a hazard to their fellow citizens. Uh, We're the only state in America where a judge can't um, cite dangerousness as a reason to keep somebody in. Um, We're probably going to see those repeat offenders know that consequences can be very limited.
4: John, this is uh, David Patterson. Don't you think it's interesting that the minute you said you were going to be extraordinarily candid that your phone rang? (laughs) (laughs)
6: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs>
6: and, I, and, I, and I did not answer it because no, I was I, in the middle of listen, being candid. I, I've
4: watched you for years. You've always been candid.
6: Well, I, I appreciate that. And I, um, I would be curious because there's no one with more experience at this table uh, than you on what is the answer in Albany?
4: Well, I think one of the answers is that more people are going to have to go up and visit these legislators. Uh, One of the leaders, and I'm not going to say who it was, continues to insist that the judges do have discretion. They do not. New Jersey and uh, uh, California and New York were the last three states. Both New Jersey and California changed their laws. We stand alone as the only state that doesn't give give judges that prerogative.
3: Believe me, I talk to my former colleagues uh, on the Supreme Court and, and, and the criminal court all the time. And their eyes are bleeding and their heads exploding. They do not have the discretion. That legislative leader is dead wrong. That bear, so-called barrel form law has to be changed. In other words, they're saying that
2: they do have, because I've heard many uh, uh, assembly people say, oh, yes, they have the okay. discretion. They don't. And, and, and you, have, you you, you were a uh,
3: justice of the Supreme Court. And your friends, what are they selling? You're selling. Same. Saying. They're not selling anything. What they're saying is... Look at the law, and Commissioner Miller knows this well. The judge is obligated at the bail hearing to, to use the least restrictive means available. So, so
2: what do they he, do to the judge if he
3: doesn't? They can go and they can try to uh, appeal that decision and set aside the bail determination.
6: And that's what I mean, you, you have had judges on the record say, I am setting this as the conditions for release Uh, but only because I am expressly prohibited by law from doing otherwise, meaning this is not what I want to do because I see where this is going to go. And, I mean, if you look at our recent cases, you can pick the case um, because they tend to follow each other. But, you know, we arrest a person who's out on an open gun charge on a new gun charge that involves a shooting uh, where they were arrested in between in a stolen car and the bail was set at a dollar. Because oh they were God. already out on bail from another case in thirty thousand dollars and and so on, so I mean there 's two legitimate considerations here which are really interesting one of the one of those is well, if the person 's not a flight risk, meaning they get in a lot of trouble, but they always show up to court they 're not allowed to consider the fact that they get in a lot of trouble, meaning they 're out there doing dangerous things in dangerous ways that are hurting people. Um, they are expressly prohibited by law from considering that. And we've been to Albany a couple of times uh, with the mayor, with the commissioner, and we've offered different models from, you know, a um, a blind model where you just look at a skew of, of their activity and say, you know, uh, when you add up all the numbers, are they a risk to the public or not? Or a model where we say, you know what? There's no cash bail. They're either remanded or they're not remanded based on dangerousness. And um, none of these are, are flying because the concern in Albany is that any version of this is just going to be a code word that's going to continue to drive racial disparity. One of the problems with that is in our victimology, we see uh, the same, if not more, racial disparity. So it's it's a, it's a thorny issue, but it needs to be fixed.
0: So the question the legislators have to answer is, do they care more about the black and brown suspects or the black and brown victims? Because like you said, Deputy Commissioner, the majority of victims are people of color.
6: Well, I also think that we're dealing with a solution in search of a problem because at the time they passed these reform laws, 85 percent of the people that were brought up on criminal charges were being released from arraignment, either with a, a bail that they could pay Um, or on their own recognizance. The people that made up the percentage that were being kept in were the people that the judge and the prosecutor were looking at and saying, this person is dangerous, this person's a flight risk, this person may not come back to court, Um, and they were using that. But they were using judgment, they were using discretion, they were using some latitude, um, and you have a judge there who can describe that but um, the law wrote them out of that discretion. It's funny to have somebody whose job title is judge when when you're really limiting their, ju- limiting their judgment.
3: Mm. Well, and by the way, there's, every day the legislature comes up with another gambit to make it more difficult to have public safety. So now they have a bill up in Albany where you want to have a mandatory release if you're 55 years of age and you're, you've done 15 years in. Why would you ever do that? And by the way, one of the standards for that is they have to make a determination of dangerousness. So dangerousness is a standard for release on a parole, but not in a, a bail situation.
6: Very well, there's, good. There's point. also an active case um, before the state Supreme Court uh, that seeks to bar the police department from uh, being able to access its own records, sealed records um, and arrests and well, the intention of that when they passed that law was, well, they don't want somebody's record following them if you know they weren't convicted of a crime. The simple fact is today, most of the cases that are being sealed in criminal court aren't being sealed because the person is innocent. It's because of an alternative sentence. It's because of a deal. It's because of something else. And you know, if we can't see those records, when we arrest somebody in one of these cases or even have a suspect and their entire criminal past is something we are blind to – um, we're not going to have those, that tipping and queuing and those indicators that, that help us. Another thing that they're looking at in Albany, um, it's passed one house and going to another, is a bill that says it would be illegal to admit um, rap lyrics into evidence in a criminal case if it was believed that the lyrics had something to do with a shooting or something. And, you know— I get the idea of protecting art, but in a city where we have gangs who are using drill rap to call each other out, um and those those things are actually resulting in shootings and murders, kids shooting kids. I'm just not sure that that is the most useful legislative approach to make the to make that problem better. So, it's um it's a challenging time. Our job is, you know, that's the will of the people. Those people are elected, they're passing laws. Um, we can argue about it, but our job is to evolve, uh, to adjust, and to find better and different ways until that changes or is fixed. Um, but you know, failure is not an option here. Well and That's said. why we put so much effort into that violent crime reduction. We're starting to see.
0: Well, thank you so much, Deputy Commissioner John Miller. Thank you so much for your insight. And uh, anything we can do here at WABC Radio to back the police, I can I can only imagine the frustration. You guys are working really hard, record number of arrests, and, and you know, it's for them to just kind of be let out. So anything we can do, just let us know.
6: Well, I always appreciate the time to kind of air the ideas.
0: Well, thank, thank you, you sir. so much. So we have to go to break. And coming back, we'll be speaking to Larry Kudlow, the world's leading economist. Keep it right here. Cats at Night.
1: A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Cats at Night
4: on 77 WABC.
0: Welcome back to the John Catsmatidis Cats Katz at Night Show. Now on the line for us, it's Friday, so that means we have Larry Kudlow. Of course, Larry is the, le- the world's leading economist, and he's served under the Trump administration. So, Larry, Jamie Dimon says, "Brace yourself for an economic hurricane caused by the, the government and the and the war." Do you agree?
1: I'm braced. I'm getting braced. I've been braced. Now I'm waiting for the cavalry to come.
0: Oh. There you go. <laughs> there you go.
1: I knew how to trigger oh. it. I, I wish I could like be more positive. And,
2: and at the same time, Elon Musk <laughs> says uh, he's scared that the, it might be a bad economy, so he's going he may lay off some people. But, you know, Elon, he says and does two different things sometimes.
1: Uh, he's a pretty smart guy. He's kind of my hero. Biden made fun of him today. In Biden it, made uh, fun, was, in fun of him? And yeah, he said yeah. good luck in
0: the moon, yeah. <laughs>
1: He said, good luck on the moon, but here's the catch, Biden. Of course, you know, not the greatest memory. Uh, Biden's own NASA has just appointed SpaceX uh, to be the moon lander. All right. So <laughs> that, that's right, Larry, because
4: the, the Bi- oh, I'm sorry. Biden's own,
1: Biden's own people uh, appointed him to go to the moon. So um, sorry, Joe, d- didn't get that right. The other thing today, I just want to say, Biden says, Uh, Okay, we we want to be absolutely clear and honest with the public about the root causes of inflation. You know, they're on this inflation uh, forgiveness tour. Right. And they're all feeling their pain. And Janet Yellen did one of these. Hostage video apologies on CNN. <laughs> well, one, of, one of the worst things I've ever seen. But I mean, see, it's not me it's just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's I like, oh, I used to love America and now I hate America. Well, I used to ignore inflation. Now I realize so true. I, was I was completely wrong. So, anyway, he's up there today. After the jobs report, and he's saying how he wants to be really clear with the root causes of inflation, and then proceeds to to blame Vladimir Putin. Okay, nothing about uh, oh, that's stopping it. the supply of oil and, and, and gas production or gasoline, nothing about the $2 trillion stimulus package, nothing about the $5 trillion Build Back Better package that he wanted. He said, we're going to be absolutely clear and transparent with the public about their absolute root cause of inflation and then blames Vladimir Putin. I mean, really, really?
3: Is that Has the he gotten he 17 say? Pinocchios yet from the Washington Post on that?
1: Well, we gave him a couple of Pinocchios uh, ourselves on, on the show tonight, um, but that's kind of been my Well, I guess they can't thing. keep
0: blaming Trump, you know? That's why they have to shift gears. Yeah,
1: it, you know, Lydia, that's a very interesting point. I, you know what? That's a fascinating point. He's stopped blaming Trump for ten minutes, and now he's blaming Vladimir Putin. But anyway, it's all nonsense. And his economic uh, approval rating, according to the average of Real Clear Politics, is thirty-five percent. And this inflation forgiveness tour is not going to change because he's not changing his policies. And the op-ed piece he wrote in the wall street journal actually called for more spending all right and again he um wants more green new deal uh tax credits and so forth so they have uh miscommunicated they're trying to atone for their sins but we will not forgive them and they haven't changed so larry
2: tell us about yellen
4: well,
1: yeah, I, Yellen, I mean, again, you got to see this CNN thing. We played it every night this week on our show, the uh, hostage video with Janet Yellen being interviewed. Uh, it does look gotta, like a hostage you, video. It, 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 it is. I mean, you got to see it. And her eyes are
0: buzzing out. And she <laughs> you want to like see a guy searches. with like a red and white handkerchief behind her. <laughs>
1: Well, no. You basically think there's like an ISIS Paris uh, with a sword behind her, and she's making them apologize. And they have, for they
3: have her grandchildren.
5: Uh,
1: so anyway, what it's it's not good. But Yellen's had a rough week, um, very heavily criticized uh, by a lot of us by the Wall Street Journal editorial page, among others. I mean, look at you know um, the jobs numbers today. I mean, that was a big event. Uh, we're good numbers, okay? Over 300,000 private sector jobs, 333,000. But the continuous problem that the Bidens won't acknowledge is that while wages are going up, inflation's going up faster. So real wages are coming down. I mean, if you look at this thing, wages for um, production workers, okay, production workers, they're up 6.5% in the last 12 months. That's a good number. God bless them. Uh, But the inflation rate is 8.3, so they're losing ground, and that is continuing, and that's kind of like the canary in the coal mine. It's giving you a warning about the future economy. I don't know if Elon Musk is right about his super bad economic uh, premonitions, but I I think you all have to be worried. And the other thing is worth noting is that this week the Fed started to run down its bond portfolio, Uh, so they presumably stopped buying treasuries and mortgages, and when those bonds come due, when they get redeemed, they will not be replaced. It's going to be a longer process, but I think, uh, you know, that's going to be significant. So um, the stock market sold off today. Interestingly, John, the stock market, you know, uh, it's down, the S&P 500 is down about 14% year to date. And if you consider all of the Stuff that's going on with inflation and war and gasoline prices. A 14% correction isn't that bad. Now, if you tack on 10% inflation, uh, it's a 24% correction. That makes it look worse. But at least in some sense, I mean, the market has been sloppy, but it has not crashed. And I sometimes wonder either the market is underestimating the Fed tightening that's coming, which is a possibility because. I think this, Wall Street's too sanguine about the Fed. Or the market understands, as I do, that the cavalry's coming, and better times are ahead.
2: Well, better times are ahead. Oh, there you go again. Oh, uh, look, Larry. no. Larry. Twice. See, Larry, I I disagree with the raising of the interest rates. I think you're going to devastate this country by raising interest rates. You're going to wipe out the real estate market. And I think there's got to be pressure put on to, to – to expand the production of crude oil in North America, and that's the way we bring back inflation. So that's the only thing me and you would disagree on.
1: And- well, I agree with you about the production. We need to we need to produce more. But I, even, as I've said, the trouble now is with, with the release of all the extra spending and money creation, um, the inflation is uh, much greater than just the energy sector. That's the problem. So the solution, you know, I hate to see the Fed tighten. Uh, I am I hate recessions. Um, you know, working folks pay for recessions. Uh, but nonetheless, the trick was, you know, that cat's been let out of the bag over a year ago.
3: Larry, uh, what's the average person to supposed to do it. to protect himself or herself?
1: Uh, regarding what is what? This a, a situation of runaway inflation.
3: How, how do you protect yourself?
7: Hide. Well, it's
1: work. You know, work work hard. Work I hard. mean, take advantage of the great opportunities in this great country the, of ours. The Joe next Biden's time you
2: decide to that. vote for Joe Biden, uh, yeah, you, right. you know, th- don't that's, do it. John, and you John know what Don, I said to a John couple Don of my, my Republican friends. There,
0: right? <laughs> my, rep- I had
2: uh, one of your friends, Bob Stefanowski from Connecticut. In I yeah, said, yeah. your your motto should be: If you think Joe Biden has done a great job, then vote for my opponent.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah
1: yeah no, that's...
2: larry, larry we 're going to take a break, but thank you for All coming right. on and God bless you and have a great weekend so long, kids. Take, yep, care. take care and a great show tomorrow larry cudlow one o 'clock ten, 10 o 'clock to one o 'clock WABC radio
0: seven seventy on number one show on Saturday mornings and then coming up, we're uh, right after the break. We're going to be speaking with Miranda Divine. You don't want to no, miss let's this. Let's go straight
2: to Miranda. And oh, take the oh. break afterwards.
0: Oh, okay. Let's, okay. Miranda Divine. Are you yeah. there? Yes. Hi, hi, John. Hi, everybody.
2: I see. I didn't make you wait. I said let's do, let's skip the break and let's see, let's hear from Miranda.
0: Oh, Miranda, I'm thank you. <laughs> Miranda, we got to get right to it. Hunter Biden's ex-wife. What a book. The details. I mean. Talk, talk to us about it. Are you surprised by any of it? I mean, when it comes to Hunter Biden, you're basically an expert.
7: Yes. Look, uh, I think Kathleen Biden is certainly um, a, a victim of uh, the Biden family and particularly of the marriage. I and mean, she was married for 24 years to Hunter. They had three beautiful daughters. And uh, then he ran off with his daughter brother's widow uh, and had an affair with her And but during the marriage he was also cheating and he ha- obviously had a substance abuse problem. Um, now the first extract of her book uh, which is due out next week, uh, that first extract was in People magazine this week and um, you know there were some interesting tidbits in there but I don't really expect her to Uh, blow the whistle on the Biden family. I mean, she already says that um, she doesn't know anything about the finances. You know, she and Hunter, she said, lived above their means, beyond their means, and she just left him to pay the bills. Um, And the interesting things, though, she does say uh, that, you know, she was very quick to go and change her legally change her name from Biden back to her maiden name of Buell, uh, which shows you there's some uh, hard feelings there. Uh, She said what a wrench it was to do that after 24 years of marriage. And, you know, she did like to be part of that sort of famous inner circle and and the perks that went along with it. Um, But the the person who emerges from the laptop is a good person, Kathleen Biden. I mean, she was uh, really hard done by and cheated on by her husband, and I would imagine that she is going to remain dignified and not, um, you know, not really, not not spread the dirt. So if people are looking for dirt, they will be um, they'll be disappointed. I think where her story will be more interesting is just how a woman uh, manages to sort of spring back after having such a betrayal in her marriage. And then she gets hit with a double whammy. She was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer just a few months after the divorce. Um, and, uh, I mean, look, that was hardly mentioned by Hunter at all in his laptop. And I've talked to people who were so with him at the time he really didn't mention it. And, uh, you know, this was a woman who he'd been married to for 24 years. And when she was undergoing chemotherapy in the summer of 2018, he was on that massive drug binge in California and spending as many of his ill-gotten millions from the Chinese as he could.
3: Miranda, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to ask Did you. Did we lose her? Miranda? Miranda? No, I'm here. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm here. I want to ask you uh Two questions. What's your thoughts on the, on the Sussman trial and what's, what are your thoughts on the Navarro indictment?
7: Oh, hi, Richard. Look, the Navarro indictment is just disgraceful. I mean, why on earth did they need to go and send the FBI uh, out to Peter Navarro to just humiliate him and monster him? And, you know, I, I, as he and Steve Bannon and others continually say, the, there is no grounds for that
2: they, they put him in, in, in handcuffs and on, what was it, leg irons?
3: Mm-hmm. Leg irons, yeah.
7: I mean, you know, is, is he a, a risk to anybody? Is he a risk of running away? This is a man who, uh, you know, is is a pillar of the community, and it's outrageous that they Treated him like that, and uh, you know, they they will get their comeuppance after November. But I'll just say that that committee there is a very good legal argument brought by Navarro and by uh, Steve Bannon, uh, created by Bob Costello, their lawyer, who is also Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, that says that that committee is not properly legally constituted. It doesn't have a ranking member, uh, ranking, you know, minority member. This Liz Cheney is not that. I mean, she calls herself the vice chairwoman. They can't issue subpoenas unless they're legally constituted. So I think that's got a long way to run. And you also have executive privilege. Well, apart from executive privilege as well. And, you know, this is all a prelude to their prime time. Performance next week, where they hope that they can grab the attention of the American public before the midterms and flip the script back away from all of Biden's incompetences and inflation and everything you've just been talking to Larry Kudlow about and back on to January 6th and calling Republicans white supremacists and domestic terrorists and and gin up their base that way. Uh, I don't think it will work, but it's really malevolent and I guess it's all they have. They're desperate. Um, And as for the Sussman trial, look, you know, a D.C. jury, very difficult uh, to to get them to, to find him guilty. And I think the jury forewoman said it all when she came out and told the media after the not guilty verdict that um, the whole trial was a waste of her time. Why should they bother looking at, uh, you know, someone lying to the FBI as if that's no big deal? And that's the problem we have. We have two systems of justice and Democrats don't seem to... See, see anything wrong with locking up uh, Republicans for um, minor issues or non-issues while they let their own side get off scot-free with really major wrongdoing.
3: And you had a judge who kept out the evidence.
7: Well, exactly.
3: I, we've got some more breaking
2: news. Uh, the uh, Uvalda uh, school's uh, chief uh, had no radio. At the Texas, shooting. he had
0: no radio. We're looking. I'm looking at the report myself. So Miranda, were, you know the Uvalde Texas school massacre, according to a new report from Reuters and the New York Post is uh, reporting it as well now that the cop in charge he arrived to the scene without a police radio and immediately made the call to fall back rather than confront the gunman. Oh my God! Just that's how so many involved. kids died? So that, that's, that's the tragic incompetence
7: at the heart of this uh, massacre, which should have been able to be averted. I mean, the gunman was outside for 12 minutes Firing on uh, people and firing on the school, so uh, you know they could have shut, shut, locked the doors. Um, I mean, so much was done wrong, but there were reports uh, immediately after the shooting that um, that this the the district police chief Pete Arredondo didn't have a, a radio, so therefore he really didn't know what was going on. He treated this instead of as an active shooter scenario, which it was. He treated it as something else, you know, and it just goes against all the the, the training that's been done by police across the country um, since about 2005 when they realised that you can't just um, you know, put up a perimeter and, and close off the scene when there's an active shooter inside a school. You have to just rush in and disarm him and kill him. Uh, so kill the shooter. So, I mean, just a tragic, tragic uh, error there. And why on earth he didn't have his radio, I guess we, we'll find out in the future.
0: Wow. Right. They're talking about a congressional hearing to try to find out more of the details in this. Well, thank you so much, Miranda Devine, and come back to uh, Cats Tonight Night anytime. I know you're a very busy person, so thank you so much for your time. I love being with you. Thanks so much, everyone.
2: Thank you. Uh, let's take a break, now- and we're going to come back uh, with Dr. Peter Mihalos.
0: Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis, Cats at Night Show. On the line for us right now is Dr. Peter Mikolos, our resident medical genius. And I know we have to talk about electric car batteries, but first, you know, as a female, as somebody who cares about how she looks, I want to stay and look young forever. Don't we all? And I read this interesting article, and I know you know a lot about this, about the Benjamin Button effect when it comes to mice. And it's really interesting. Can you tell us about it, Dr. Mikolos?
8: Well, what's happening is that since we've been able to figure out our uh, DNA and the genome project, and we've been able to identify many different genes that are associated with aging. And, you know, why do certain people, why are they centarians despite the, ability, the things uh, like smoking and other bad things that they have and other habits? There are certain genes that are protective. So we're learning in the world of anti aging that we can extend people's lives potentially by altering certain genes and basically what happens is it's not about long life it's about a healthy life and it's about you know dying young at an old age so you want to be in the best condition and best biological condition and if we can do that through various methods like osk gene therapy is in the pipeline where they reverse blindness in mice and uh hire primates and they're starting the clinical trials in 2023 and they'll use it on spinal cord injuries. We're uh, finding out the inexpensive medicine that in some countries you can buy over the counter that they use for diabetes called metformin made from French lilacs that uh, mice and other animals are able to live longer and in other studies human beings apparently now uh, it seems that it helps longevity and during COVID they found that diabetics on metformin live longer and resisted COVID. And overall, when they looked at several hundred thousand charts, they saw that people who took metformin had 23% lower cancer rates overall. So a combination of different things, they found out these compounds called NAD and NMN, they're using these compounds, and they even have one that's a prescription version, in their version and they're using it on uh, special forces, troops, and the military is also interested in, because it enhances performance in uh, People. There are also things that can keep your arteries unclogged, like the S- PSK9 inhibitors that you can take a shot either twice a year, or they have ones you can take every two weeks, and they actually showed in the Cleveland Clinic study, they reverse blockages. So all these things will keep you longer. For women and you're worried about your skin, they know that if you drink alcohol, your skin and collagen gets ruined. If you smoke, you see a woman who's smoked all her life, what happens to their skin? It basically breaks down and rips apart the collagen. And also now it's well documented that if you smoke, uh, you will have 10 years off your life. And that's just the reality of, uh, of the statistics and the genes and things like that. And, and we're talking now. about
2: cigarettes, not cigars.
8: <laughs> well, again the problem is remember what, what i told you one of the problems with cigarettes or you see people rolling up their marijuana in these white papers how do you think you make a piece of paper white you use formaldehyde formaldehyde so is you're a smoking person, formaldehyde so you're smoking formaldehyde wow and that's a big problem but nobody really talks about that and also when you're in a room you know, the smoker is sucking it through the filter. The person in the room is getting the raw smoke right off the tip. So one of the questions we ask when we see people with macular degeneration, for example, we know now that there's a fourfold increased incidence in eye damage in the back of the eye called macular degeneration in smokers and those who are married. So I ask people with macular degeneration, are you a smoker were you married to one for four or more years? And they go, how did you know? Because you know, it's like over 90% of the people you see with that condition were exposed to smoke. How on a molecular level that gets to the back of the eye, we don't really know. But these other things are very hopeful, and things like uh, stem cells and gene therapy. And again, I saw this uh, you know—this person who I was talking to went and had stem cells down in Antigua with Chadwick Podromos uh, in the uh, stem cell center there, and he had his knee injected and an infusion of stem cells, and his eye got better. He hadn't seen colors in years or another person. Oh so so, so we're still not sure
2: but, how those stem cells work. Because you 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 injected them in one section of the body, and the other, the other section got so, help.
8: Well, think about this. When you, they give somebody what's called a bone marrow transplant for, for uh, leukemia, they're not putting it back in the bone marrow. What they do is they kill the diseased bone marrow, and then they just put an IV in, and the and it goes right into your vein. And those stem cells know exactly where to go, and that just blows me away. They find wow. their way to where pathology is. So if you think about that, it's amazing. And it seems to, you know, help people. So that's uh, happening around the world, and Asia is the leader of it right now. But we do have these offshore places because nobody's funding these $200 million to go through a clinical trial.
2: We're out of time. Dr. Peter Michalos, thank you for helping all of us. God bless you, and have a great weekend. And happy Greek Independence Day, and uh, I hope you're celebrating. And Judge Weinberg, thank you. Governor Patterson. And Lydia, my sidekick, I hope you're able to kick me soon.
0: Yes, I'll be back Monday and- in studio, ready to kick all your butts.
4: <laughs> so what, what do
2: we stand for? Truth, justice, Truth,
0: justice, and, and the, the American,
4: American way. way. And who?